If you're curious to engage with a lot of the topics we explore on the podcast in more creative and embodied ways, we welcome you to join us in Alchemize, our 10-week audio-based program of daily imagination practices intended to disrupt status quo ways of thinking, sensing, relating, and being. To be honest, without any grant support for our show right now, and we did just get turned down by several mainstream environmentalism philanthropies, this program and our Patreon are our primary means of supporting our labor for these free podcasts right now. We really want to remain untethered to corporate interests, and every small contribution to our Patreon or enrollment in our program Alchemize helps to ensure that we can continue producing these vital conversations that feature voices and perspectives often sidelined from mainstream media. So if you value our work and want to dive deeper with us, join us in Alchemize today at greendreamer.com slash alchemize and join our Patreon starting at just $3 at patreon.com slash greendreamer. Thank you so, so much for however you were able to support our work during these critical times. We are so deeply grateful you get rewarded every single time you open up and are vulnerable. And so when you're having a hard time knowing what the next step is, just get vulnerable in whatever you're doing. And I promise you people will respond and you'll be reminded immediately why you're doing what you're doing or what you're supposed to do next. If you're feeling a little lost, confused about what you're doing, or just want some empowerment to support your work, this is the episode for you. This woman went from hitting rock bottom in her life to turning everything around for herself now as the best-selling author of Cured by Nature, founder and award-winning CEO of The Organic Life, motivational speaker, soul singer, and very recently, second-time author of the book Wild Habits. She is Tara Mackey. Let's dive in. Hey, it's Kamea Shane, and this is Green Dreamer, a podcast for creatives, visionaries, and entrepreneurs dreaming of a sustainable future. Thank you for bringing your light. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, and together, let's learn what it takes to thrive in every sense of the word. Quote, We don't seek the painful experiences that hew our identities, but we seek our identities in the wake of painful experiences. We cannot bear a pointless torment, but we can endure great pain if we believe that it's purposeful. We could have been ourselves without our delights, but not without the misfortunes that drive our search for meaning. End quote. This is an excerpt from Andrew Solomon on his TED Talk called how the worst moments in our lives make us who we are. Make sure to check that out if you can. I'll link to this in the show notes. It really touched me. And my conversation with Tar reminded me of this quote that I personally keep close to heart to help me keep going. Because after going through her darkest moments, Tara's made it her purpose to use her story to empower other people. And again, this just really moves me. Green Dreamer, here is Tara Mackey starting our conversation off with how she came to realize the healing powers of nature and the importance of connecting deeply to our planet. It really started for me, so this time seven years ago, I was on 14 different pharmaceutical drugs, many of which I'd been on for over a decade um, since I was a child. And I was working a really crappy nine to five job that wasn't bringing me joy. 
I was in relationships that were not healing me or bringing me any happiness. And, um, you know, I really came to a breaking point and I attempted to take my own life at that point. And luckily that attempt failed. But in that attempt and in that moment and in that situation and that time in my life, I immediately realized that I was really a divine human being who had made a lot of mistakes, but that underneath it all were these beliefs that I had accepted based on other people's feelings, based on other people's beliefs, based on other people's labels and diagnoses and things to me that I had taken on. And then based on those beliefs, I had created actions. And then based on those actions, I had created habits. And those habits had led me down an extremely self-destructive path. Like, I wasn't born depressed, you know, I was born into shitty circumstances and then I learned how to be depressed. I wasn't born anxious, I was born on cocaine, I was born on stimulants, and then I didn't learn almost any coping mechanisms growing up to combat the way that I was brought into the world. And I think a lot of us are there. So when I got to that point, I realized one of the most unhealthy habits I had engaged in is just blindly and mindlessly taking pills for things that other people had told me were wrong with me that I really, most of them I had no way to confirm. And that if I wanted to have a clear mind and I wanted to heal and I wanted to get better, I needed to probably not be on 14 different drugs because my mind felt clouded. I was in the hospital all the time for infections and sepsis, and my body was just completely shutting down. So in that moment, when I made that decision that I was going to come off my drugs, very, very rapidly after that, and after that acceptance of divinity, really, of just, wow, I'm not a bad person. I've just made a lot of bad mistakes, and I've engaged in a lot of destructive habits over a long period of time but that's not who I am. Those are just the choices I've made. I decided that I needed to make better choices. And one of those choices that really became clear was supporting my body instead of harming my body, of putting things in my body that were good for me rather than things that I was just hoping and praying were going to work and then they wouldn't work. And then I would feel more broken because the doctor had told me it was supposed to work, you know? So I just, I wanted to get out of this unhealthy cycle that I had known for so, so very long. And the first book that fell off my shelf really for me after making that decision was a book on natural healing. And, you know, while my scars were still healing from me trying to take my own life, while I was detoxing off my drugs, while I was cutting out toxic people and quitting my job and cutting out toxic habits, like these answers just started coming to me really rapidly within a few days. Within a f the same month I came off my drugs was the same month I tried garlic and skullcap and turmeric for the first time. And and started drinking smoothies and started incorporating all of these um, like meditation and exercise and all these things into my life and opening up my mind about what I was capable of. And that's really what led me to where I am right now, which is taking all of those steps and then creating a method around them and then teaching that to other people who are stuck and who are unhappy and who don't know what the next step is because it's scary, but it's always so worth it to change. Mm -hmm. And what do you think really inspired that massive mindset shift from basing your values off of what other people thought of you to really turning things around and taking control of your life and empowering yourself. 
I was just done. Like I was done with being the victim. I realized it hadn't solved anything like and I didn't feel anything. Like even when I tried to take my own life, I didn't feel anything. And I was like, I want to feel something and everything else hasn't worked. Right. I've been taking pills for since I was a kid and it hasn't worked. I've been, you know, the only things that really had worked for me were these these habits that I really loved and engaged in and, and got lit up when I did them. And, um, and even, you know, therapy of course helps and all those things. But even that, when I would leave a therapy session, I would feel so much better. So of course, okay, I'm going to keep incorporating that into what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So it was really through trial and error. It was through trial and error and figuring out what I knew for a really long time lit me up like music and, and writing and getting outside and taking a walk and being with my dogs and being with my family and having good relationships with people. Like, those are the things I wanted to be doing. And so when you're done, you're done. You know what I mean? And then I feel like when you when you see the other side, there's really no going back to like, oh, no, I want to be miserable. Like you don't want to be once you're there, once you feel it, once you start to feel better, once you just engage in some little tweaks every day. That's why the book Wild Habits, it's like, I'm not trying to get anybody to change everything. But once you start changing one thing, you see it reflected in so many other areas of your life. And then that feels so good that you just want to do that over and over again. Mm -hmm. Really just starting with one thing creates like a chain reaction of good that mm -hmm. follows. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what nature does, right? So it totally makes sense that you would become more positive in one area, and then it would almost infect the other areas in your life, because that's just what happens. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like most people do care for their health and want to be well and happy, but they might not necessarily see nature's role in that. And I feel like there's still this disconnect between the concepts of wellness and sustainability, healing and nature. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I agree. I, I feel like we are still so disconnected. Um, and that was when I really began to change my mindset before I even made any of these changes, I worked at one of my last nine to five jobs was at Will Cornell Medical College in New York City, which is a hospital. And so I worked at this hospital and I just watched people walk in. You know, most people who go to the doctor are there because they're completely at their wits end. You know, they can't. It's something they felt like they couldn't solve at home. And then they had to go out of their way on a work day to show up at the doctors like nobody's in a good mood. I just watched so many people who are dissatisfied patrons of their own lives. And I felt the same way when I worked there. And I wanted something better. And I feel like we all want something better, but we're not willing to accept that we we play a role in our own health. We play a role in what we allow into our mind and our body and our subconscious and how many commercials we're subjecting ourselves to a day and how many like these little things that really add up how much exercise we're getting how much we get out of the house how much sunshine how much vitamin d like how what supplements and foods we're supporting ourselves with there are these choices that we make every day anyway right just we do it mindlessly and so i feel like it's really just about harnessing your choices once you start harnessing your choices you start harnessing your thoughts you find freedom you understand how how the world works and then you begin to see that connectivity between yourself and nature and yourself and plants like i find it so interesting so many of my friends are becoming doctors and while many of them are very open-minded like doctors don't have to take classes on on natural healing for instance or alternative healing or plant healing and so explaining to a doctor how they can use nature to heal people like they'll argue with you and you're like how do you not see the connectivity between people and plant like we all 
I feel like just a basic understanding of biology, we're all made up of the same thing. So of course, when you barefoot connect to the earth, like that really means something, you know, that's going to do something to you to think that every single step we take isn't having an impact on our bodies and our minds and our health is to do ourselves a grave disservice. Yeah, I believe there's actually a study showing that if we walked barefoot on grass, it actually has really healing powers for our health, like mentally and physically. I absolutely believe it. I absolutely believe it. If I don't get outside once a day, I'm a completely different person. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Well, as a creative, how do you think we can better connect these two worlds of wellness and sustainability for the public and inspire people to care more for nature? I think it's really mindfulness and then sharing, you know, how we're doing it personally, like sharing the steps we're taking. I've really recently in the last year started doing that, whether it was, you know, my stop sucking campaign with the Lonely Whale Foundation, or very recently I did change.org petition to save endangered Tory pines in my neighborhood. And I shared that on my blog and social media. And people really, I still get emails about it. People ask me, how are the trees? And they're doing fine, by the way. They're doing <laughs> great. Every tree is still there. We saved them, which is amazing because we were up against a billion, literally a billion and a half dollar annual revenue monopoly power company. And mm -hmm. so I think people, when they see those stories and they see you doing it, it becomes way more plausible for them to do it and want to get involved and apply it to their own life and realize that normal everyday people are saving the world one step at a time every single day. Mm -hmm. Really leading by example and yeah. showing it through action. Yeah. Yeah. And well, this is kind of a bigger question, but based on what you've learned with anxiety and depression still on the rise, chronic illness still on the rise, and with our planet's health also deteriorating, what do you think our world needs most today in order for us to help turn these trends around in a healthier direction? Love. And I don't say that like in a hippie, like cop out <laughs> answer way. Love, as I talk about in Wild Habits, the WILD method is an acronym. WILD is an acronym, willingness, intuition, love, and discipline. And I, I say love is the most important step, not only in the WILD method to heal yourself, but to heal other people, to heal the planet, to heal in general, because without love, we're not going to take the next steps. We're not going to understand our connection to things. When we can't be vulnerable and we can't open up and we can't take the time to not only self-reflect and show self-love of, okay, what do I need to heal within myself, but how can I then reach out and turn my me mentality into an us mentality and how can I save the planet? How can I make the world a better place without it seeming overwhelming? You know, how can I do it locally, but really make a big impact? Like saving a hundred endangered trees in a one mile radius to me, like that's huge. It might not seem like a huge deal to someone else, but I know for me, like just letting yourself have those little wins of like, I did that. You know what I mean? I recycled today. I, you know, refused a, a plastic straw at a restaurant. Like I bought bamboo straws instead and that's all I'm going to use today. Or I'm going to be mindful of the amount of water I use or when I take a bath or what I do with my extra water. Like I always use extra water to water my plants and things like those little things you can do every day that will make you just feel better as a person, as a creative, as an entrepreneur, as a you know, person who's trying to figure out the next steps in their lives. And they're little things that really just add up over time. And then you become more conscious of what you're doing. And then other people are there to help you and support you. And they'll remind you, you know, of what your global mission really is. And it just becomes clearer the more you do it. So I, I feel like just 
starting to do it and then sharing it with other people is is definitely the next best step. And then doing it all with love is the bottom line, because without that, nothing changes. Yeah. So really to inspire change in the world, it's like a huge concept, but it really just begins with more self-love for ourselves. So then we can start to take these baby steps forward. Of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you at one point had hit rock bottom, but then you totally turned everything around for yourself to now being a best-selling author, blogger, entrepreneur, and speaker. What was your biggest challenge going from self-healing to becoming an entrepreneur and really just putting yourself out there? Oh boy, I think so one was, you know, I grew up, my mother was a uh, alcoholic and a heroin addict. And uh, my grandparents got custody of me when I was seven. And I had very tumultuous childhood. And it was very hard for me to open up my my walls are a 1000 feet high and made of steel, at least they used to be. And I think the part for me that really has changed is I've just been able to become more vulnerable. And I feel like that's become one of my greatest assets, right? That's what people really connect to. And that's what and it doesn't hurt me. Like I used to think that being vulnerable would hurt me. But it actually really helps me. And I encourage other people to do it more. Because the more you break down your own barriers of like, people aren't gonna like me, what if somebody doesn't want to, you know, whatever your own negative self talk is, which I can't even come up with in this moment, because I really don't like engage in it anymore. Because it's just it's kind of a waste of time. And so but I feel like that was definitely my greatest challenge of like, how am I going to be vulnerable about all these terrible things that have happened to me, put a really light, amazing spin on it. So people know that you can overcome even your absolute worst circumstances. But to tell people that I have to share what those were for me personally, which is very difficult, not only to write, but to read and to edit and to reread for two years while you're working on the book. Um, and then to speak about in person, but every single time I get rewarded, every single time somebody comes up to me and says, this changed my life, this saved my mom from cancer, my mother was also a heroin addict growing up, and I didn't know what my next steps were, but you just completely shed a whole new light on it for me, I know what I'm capable of now, like you get rewarded every single time you open up and are vulnerable. And so when you're having a hard time knowing what the next step is, just get vulnerable in whatever you're doing. And I promise you people will respond and you'll be reminded immediately why you're doing what you're doing or what you're supposed to do next. Yeah. And in the very beginning for you, before even getting positive feedback for sharing your vulnerability, mm. what gave you that courage to say it for the first time and just get it out there? I didn't really feel like I had a choice anymore. Like I knew that it would help more people than me keeping it inside, mm -hmm. you know, especially after everything. And then when I watched when I started coming off my my drugs seven years ago, I feel like is when a lot of people started going on pharmaceutical medication. And so the more people I watched go on it and everything in my life kind of adding up of like, not only are they going on these drugs, but they're opioid drugs. And I'm seeing people, you know, basically become heroin addicts, which is like the environment I grew up in and just all of these things. And then I, I do music and I, I speak and I do all these, you know, I have this voice, this gift that I can share and like it just didn't really seem like I had a choice anymore. Like all of the environmental and physical and spiritual and, and mind work and everything in my life had just added up to like, okay, clearly you're here now in this point in time to point people in the right direction. And 
you know, make waves and make a difference and help people get better. And the way that you were able to get better, which didn't have, no, I didn't have any guarantees that anything I was sharing or anything I was doing was going to work. But once it did work, I didn't feel like I had any choice but to let other people know so that they didn't have to suffer the way I had suffered for so long. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Um, And then with this, how did you decide how to share your story? So you published a book, you started a blog. How did these things come about? I had actually been blogging since I was 14 years old. I'm like the grandma of (laughs) blogging. (laughs) I've been blogging since blogging was a word. It used to be called online journaling, you guys. (laughs) So it came very naturally to me to take some photos during the day and then share some quotes underneath them or my thoughts or like a long, you know, five paragraph, whatever came to mind. I was already doing that. And so when this whole journey in my life started, I took some time off and then I restarted what is now the Organic Life blog. And from that blog, my publishing company found me and offered me my first book deal. And then from that book, I got my second book deal and wrote my second book. And I I just, I've been so blessed to be, like I said, it just feels like everything in my life has added up to this moment in time perfectly in a way I never, ever could have imagined or orchestrated. Like, there was no internet when I was born. You know what I mean? Like there was no, I don't know. There's absolutely no way I could have predicted that this would be my life. But I feel like once you open up and, you know, all the things we've talked about today, get vulnerable, connect with the earth, connect with yourself, admit things that you've been hiding for years, like get to the real route of your problems, start, you know, getting involved in your community, start opening up with your neighbors and stuff. Like it really, really changes things and everything gets put into perspective immediately. Things that made absolutely no sense five minutes ago are like, oh, that's why that happened. Gotcha. Mm hmm. And through your creative journey, what do you think has been the most effective way to inspire positive change in other people? Become what you want to see. That's like my greatest advice for everything is whatever you want to heal, whatever you want to watch other people do, do it. Do Mm -hmm. it yourself. Become the thing that you want to witness. Anyway, like when you get involved in your community, when you get involved in activism, like just create what you wish existed. And I I say that with everything. I say that if you're trying to heal relationships with people, like become who you want that person to be. And either they will respond to it, or you will realize that they do not need to be a part of your life. Um, And I feel like that extends to everything. Like the only way to really see it is to be it. Yeah. Well, I feel like you really embody that. And it's super inspiring. And I feel like it's definitely helped you to get to where you are today. And I'm curious to hear, what are you most proud of having accomplished from sharing your story in the first place? Oh, my goodness. That's a really good question. I really feel like my favorite part of what I get to do is hearing how it affects and helps other people. Like those stories of the stories I share in Wild Habits, which are stories of people who've, you know, used the method to heal and heal their relationships and heal themselves and heal their families and heal trauma and abuse. Like that's incredible to be able to be the person that does that and gets those emails and gets that feedback and really sees that long term. Like when I came out with my first book, it was like, you know, this is the first thing anyone's ever read, whatever, but now it's been a few years. And, and with the second book too, and seeing how, how the wild method and how even just the stories of Cured by Nature um, have really helped people to 
gain perspective on what's possible in their own lives. Like, okay, if you can do it, I can definitely do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and that's how I also feel just like sharing the worst possible things that can have happened to you at the very least will give people that feeling of like, Oh wow, if they can overcome that, then I can definitely overcome whatever I'm going through right now. And so that alone makes it worth it to me. Yeah. So really just sharing your vulnerabilities, again, going back to that same thing is just get your story out there and it'll really help other people. Oh, yeah. And actually, that's the other thing, too, is my friends who've told me that they've written books based on the fact that I'm working on a book or just shared a book and it inspired them to like finally get their story out there. I think that's also definitely been a humongous perk because I I love the fact that so many of my friends have books or are coming out with books or like it just makes me so happy that so many women especially are sharing their stories because for so many years like we weren't even allowed to write books like women had to publish books under men's names to get anybody to read them until like 200 years ago so I just think it's incredible like especially if you're a woman and you have a story and you feel like you really need to share it, share it because every woman in the world needs to read every other woman in the world's stories. That's my real belief is that's how we can really heal each other as a, as a gender, as women, as mothers, as sisters. Like that's, that's how we're going to change the world. For sure. And you touched on this earlier, but what does Wild Habits mean and what does that stand for? What does that look like in practice? Yeah, so wild habits are habits that really propel your life forward. And the wild method uh, is the method to kind of find out what those habits are for you. So it's an acronym that the W stands for willingness, which is you need to be willing to see, you know, what is wrong, the, the habits you're engaging in now that are not serving you. And then the I stands for intuition. So you need to use your intuition to take that willingness and then figure out, okay, what is the next step? What am I going to do that's going to replace this habit and that's not serving me and actually find one that not only serves me, but really is getting me closer to my goal, is bringing me joy, is bringing me happiness. And then to engage in that, as we talked about, you need to show love to yourself. Because if you don't have that self-love as the basis, you're not going to do the thing. You might get to the point where you want to do the thing or you you lay out your running shoes and your running gear in the morning or you have the you buy the gym membership but then you don't show the self-loving action to actually go to the gym right so we need to have the self-love to actually engage in the action and then show you know bring that love and and help other you know get a running buddy get people involved with us and then we need the discipline the d is for discipline to do it over and over and over again until it becomes a new habit And that's when it really starts changing our lives. Yeah. And how did you come up with this? So obviously, it's really through learning what's worked for you. How have you gathered your knowledge as you applied them to this book? Yeah. So after my first book, I had people come to me. um, I had clients for a, a while, private clients that I worked with. And this was, and friends, you know, I share both of those stories of people I've known who I've used the method with and clients I've used the method with that it's really worked for. And that's really how I just realized, you know, I kind of made this program for my clients. And then over two years, I just watched it work. And, you know, it worked for everyone, no matter what their issues were, whether they were looking to fix something that they thought was an, an unfixable mistake. Like we talk about somebody in the book who, you know, at first, regrettably had gotten plastic surgery based on some of her habits, but then by the end of the book really used that experience to help and heal other people based on the wild method. And I I watched it just change so many people's lives that I knew I needed to frame it into a book because 
I needed to give other people these tools, especially the tools of, of the method, because as long as you come back to the method, no matter what you're facing, it works for everybody. It works hands down for everyone, for everything. So you came up with this idea after seeing it work for people. It was kind of like a study for you, essentially, because you witnessed this working. Yeah. How did you frame this to your publisher? I guess they already published your first book, so you had that going. But how do you frame a story or like a new idea that you really want to share to a publisher like that? Well, actually, so my the, I have two different I have a different publisher now than I had for my first book. And I got a literary agent, which I didn't have the first time around, which I really recommend if you are going to publish a book because they can really, really help you um, and guide you in the direction. So I, I definitely had help. And then I ran the idea by my literary agent and he was like, sounds amazing. Write a proposal. So I wrote a proposal and select books who published the book um, picked it up and they really liked the idea. And um, I worked through these ideas for the first, like, I would say six months I was working on the book, really honing it in of like, okay, how are we going to present it? How are we going to make it make sense? How are we going to frame these stories? And I think we just, you know, did a, I would say humbly a, a very good job of putting together the different areas in which the method works, whether it's you're frustrated with your children, or you're frustrated with motherhood, or you're frustrated with your job, or you're trying to overcome childhood trauma, all of those stories are in there. And I really wanted to focus on women. Um, not that the book is only written for women, but a lot of, I think I only use two examples of men in the book between the like dozen examples that are in there because almost all the books that I had read, looked up, um, and, and learned about that are written on habits are written by men. Mm. No offense to men, yeah. <laughs> but I just felt like getting not only a woman's perspective on habits and, and being a modern day woman in this world, which is such a new thing in the last decade for us trying to navigate what it means to be an entrepreneur and live in this online space and be a mother and, um, and work and figure out, you know, what beauty means and love means and work means and finances and how like just there's so much to do that I, I felt like m was missing from the books that men had written on habits. So all of that, um, I felt like really needed to be included because I had just sat and watched it help so many different kinds of women of all ages and in all different walks of life and on different continents. And like, I was astounded. And I, I really, really think it will continue to help so many more. Mm -hmm. And the subtitle is unlock your mind, improve your health and release your true power. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing this is kind of the essence of the book and what we can get out of it. How do you think achieving these things can support our work as creatives and entrepreneurs? Well, I really feel like the unlocking your mind part, the, the book is also um, in three separate parts too, which is uh, mind, body, and spirit. And so unlocking your mind, I think it really gives you clarity on what what you're here to do. You know, improving your health then gives you the ability to do that. And then releasing your true power is about when you combine, you know, what your mind has to offer and what your health has to offer when you're at optimum health, 
you can then be, you know, who you're truly meant to be and do what you're truly meant to do. So that is, yeah, as I mean, it sums up really what's in the book. So by, I really hope by the time you finish the book, you feel like you have all three of those tools of, I have every tool I need to, to improve my health. I have every tool I need to unlock my mind and I have every tool I need to release my true power. That's so beautiful. Where can we follow you online and where can we check out your book? Sure. I am Tara A. Mackey on all platforms and you can Google Wild Habits and it will come up on Amazon and on my blog. You can get it on Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold. Before we go into Tara's final five tips for you, I just wanted to remind you that you can get every interview's show notes on greendreamer.com. You can also sign up for my newsletter there to get a weekly summary of takeaways from Green Dreamer podcast. And if this is your first time here, welcome. I feel honored by your presence and I want to do everything I can to support you with the show. So at the end of every interview, I usually will ask my guests five closing questions and then wrap up with two of my key takeaways from the episode so that you can walk away with some bite-sized words of wisdom. Now, if you're ready, let's power through. What's a social media account or a publication you follow that really uplifts you? So I love Kamala Harris right now. Do you know Kamala? Someone in policy? She is. She's in politics. Yeah, she's our senator, California senator. And okay, she's I should amazing. know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> she's, um, and she posts, she's like very active um, with children and, and encouraging people to vote and DACA and the environment. And she's just... She's definitely one of my faves, so maybe a little dorky, but go go follow Kamala. (laughs) What do you tell yourself to stay inspired and motivated? I am safe and protected. I know that doesn't sound like maybe that inspiring, but I feel like when you're an entrepreneur and you're navigating this and you kind of are making up what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, it's very important to remember. Mm -hmm. What's one action we can try out this week for our planet's health? If you go out to eat and you order a drink, tell them um, to not include a straw. Super simple. I love that. Um, What makes you most hopeful for our planet right now? Children. These kids, man. Like, (laughs) oh my God, I'm so inspired by these kids. Hell yeah. I love So much enthusiasm. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And what final words of wisdom do you have for us as green dreamers? Stay weird, kids. You know, just be you. Like, just stay whatever you are. Don't change because you think you're weird or somebody doesn't like you or someone don't like what you're doing. Just... It's just stay you. Stay weird. We're all weird in some way, and that's totally cool. I actually think that we should capitalize on our weirdness, and we can take advantage of that because that's what can help us stand out. People that are weird, I mean, weird is relative, I guess, but when you're weird, you stand out, and when you stand out, you can then deliver your message, and I don't know, that that could be a good thing. Anyway, my two key takeaways from this episode to leave you with Number one, the ability to create change in your lifestyle or in the world begins with more self-love. Number two, getting vulnerable is a courageous act of self-care that can not only support you, but also everyone around you. And there, that is a wrap. If you have any feedback to help me improve the show, please email me at hello at greendreamer.com or get in touch with me on Instagram at kameachane, K-A-M-E-A-C-H-A-Y-N-E. Because 
I am new to this, and it can be a struggle for me sometimes making decisions without knowing what can help you most. And that is my purpose here to support your health, your lifestyle, and your work in sustainability. So I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts and feedback. And finally, remember. Now more than ever, our planet needs your light to thrive. So if you haven't yet, hit subscribe and Green Dreamer. I will catch you later.